careers are super fluid and becoming more and more fluid. They're not fixed. They will evolve and they will shift and they will change whether you like it or not. In this act of changing and pivoting, women are really reclaiming control over their careers. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the 52 Weeks of Me podcast. I'm Jacqueline Osborne. And I'm Erica Brooks. This podcast is a platform for men and women to share their challenges and lessons they face throughout their journey toward achieving greater life balance through the four pillars of health and, of course, prioritizing the number one asset, you. Amazing. Let's get started. Jess, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so happy to have you. To help get us started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thank you for having me. So I'm a mom to my one-year-old daughter. I also research and write about women in career fulfillment, particularly how to shift and pivot your career if you're not on the right path. And I also work half-time as a strategy director in tech. But where I am today has not been a straight line. I've spent more than a decade building a career in business. I've worked in almost every kind of corporate environment, from startups to Fortune 5 companies to management consulting. But a few years ago, I had recently left my job at Bain, a job that was pretty prestigious, and I was feeling a little bit lost. When others tell you that you're at the top and you leave, you think, well, where do I go from here? And so it was really at that point that kickstarted my interest in this topic of career shifts and led me to this work that I'm doing today through my project and company called Reclaim Your Career. I just want to take a step back because, as you said, Bain, extremely prestigious, right? It sounds like you were on the career one could only hope for. So I thought it would be good for our listeners and for myself to dig into that. What exactly, what happened? What what made you shift and pivot at that point? Yeah, I was on a path that at a cocktail party over a drink sounded great. But the reality was that for me personally, I felt really lost and disconnected in my career. I think a couple things happened for me to pay attention to that and want to make a change. The first is that time passed. I had spent over a decade in my career trying out all these different jobs and nothing felt quite right. I always felt disconnected in my work. I had this sense of, this is not where I'm supposed to be. I would make incremental changes in the work that I did, but it didn't fix the core problem. And so after over a decade of doing that, you start to realize that one more incremental change is not going to solve the problem. I think of that quote around the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So I was at this maturity or this point in my career where I started to accept that I might not need just a small change, but I might need a real reinvention and a major shift. Around the time that I was realizing that, I also became pregnant with my first daughter. Even since early on in my pregnancy, I had this very clear wish for her, which was this hope that she would be a really authentic person and someone who was really true to herself. In the context of having that really clear hope and desire for her, I realized that when I looked in the mirror and it came to my career, I was not being authentic. Those couple of things coinciding at the same time, shifting into this identity of becoming a mother and having enough experience to realize that my career wasn't working, that's really what formed the big change for me and made me decide that, yes, I do need to do things a little bit differently. 
I've got so many questions. And it's funny you mentioned that quote, because as you were saying it, I was thinking the exact same quote. If you do what you've always done, you'll get what you always gotten type of thing. We keep doing that, expecting a different outcome. Kudos to you for acknowledging that it was time to do something different. That couldn't have been easy. I want to dig into the a little bit about not the awareness, because I think you articulated that, but what happened next? Once you realized that you needed this big shift, what did you do next? So I had these big questions around how do I make this big change? That was my hypothesis, right? I need to make a big change. Of course, I had a business background and a consultant background. So I thought, well, I'll start with some market research. I initially had a few conversations with women in my network who had made these major kinds of career shifts and career pivots. I figured that I would learn from them two or three tactical tips for how to quickly fix this problem of mine and move on with the next step of my career. But it became clear to me when I started having these first conversations or interviews with women that this was a really big problem. It was big in terms of scope. So I quickly realized it's not just about tactical career tips to go figure this out. These are big, meaty questions about life and fulfillment and how we want to spend our time here on earth. I also realized that this was a big problem in terms of the scope of women who were also thinking these same thoughts as me and asking themselves the same questions. I was overwhelmed with women to speak with. Everyone had a friend or a colleague or a family member to recommend to me. I started to really focus on this research and this writing around women at a midpoint in their career, waking up to this new reality of, wow, I've had my head down for so long. Is this really where I want to be? I think what was really cool is that I was so energized by this research and writing work that I was doing. And I'm a big believer in paying attention to where your energy leads you. I knew that there was something interesting going on with all this research that I was continuing to do. As I did more and more research and writing, I saw how much I loved this work. And I think that was really important because it showed me that I wasn't broken when it came to my career. I actually could feel connected to my work. I could really enjoy what I was doing. I could feel like it was purposeful and I could feel like there's work out there where I can bring my best self and have the most impact. That was the biggest change of waking up to this new possibility that I can find a path in my career that feels more fulfilling, is more purposeful. That really was how I got started, was leaning into this research and writing and acknowledging that it was bringing me a ton of energy and interest and I wanted to keep pursuing it. That is so close and near and dear to my heart because that's how I feel with this journey and 52 Weeks of Me. It sounds like we're, we're kindred spirits. Mention something briefly that I wanted to dig into. You mentioned that you started interviewing other women and more importantly, that there was no shortage of women, which is great. But I wanted to just take a moment to explore or potentially define this word pivot. What exactly did you define as a pivot to decide who you would interview, who would be in scope, who wouldn't be in in scope and, and maybe more important or equally important? Can you give an example or two? I see a career pivot as a large change within your career. Typically, it's not just getting a different job at a different company or not just even moving industries, but it's a change where you're really bucking the trend in terms of your career path and doing something different. 
And that act of really doing something truly different usually requires more than just a change, it requires real reinvention. With that lens in mind, I was looking for women who had made those kinds of transformative changes. They had left corporate roles to become entrepreneurs or to start small businesses. They had maybe left the field of business to do something totally different, maybe something creative or become a teacher. Or they'd quit their jobs as surgeons and become people in the tech world. I really was looking for women who had had these big, unexpected, and really career-changing moves. I can't wait to hear more about all of them. But since we don't have time to go into that, let's talk about themes. What were some of the themes that you've pulled together from all of these interviews you've had? What was cool about interviewing so many women, and now at this point I've studied over 150 women who have made these kinds of pivots. And what's really cool is that each pivot and each change is unique. And yet I was surprised at how consistent some of the themes, as you as you call it, are. I saw the same things in every story that I heard. I think one of the first big themes is that in this act of changing and pivoting, women are really reclaiming control over their careers. And so that's why I named my project Reclaim Your Career, because so many women that I spoke to in the earlier stages of their career, or just not even earlier, but pre-pivot stages of their career, they were really on autopilot. They had their head down, they were climbing the corporate ladder, they were seeking and getting validation and approval from their bosses or their families or even their friends, but they really were not asking themselves, what do I want? What do I think? Where do I think I should be moving next? The second big theme that I saw is around what does a pivot actually look like? There's this Hollywood version of pivoting, which is waking up one day and dramatically quitting your job and You know, I wrote today on LinkedIn about noticing the, you know, bakery in your neighborhood that's for sale and buying it on a whim and becoming, you know, an artisanal baker, right? This is just so not reality, which we know. But I think what I realized is that these career pivots for women are even more methodical, more long-term, more scrutinized, and more planned out than I even expected. Typically, it's taking women a few years to really achieve a change that is as big of a, as a pivot, a real transformation. I think what's good about that is it actually becomes less intimidating for many people who say, well, I will never be the person who walks into my job and quits on a dime. It opens the door and opens the possibility to more women who want to follow a more methodical and maybe more conservative path in making a change. So I think that was the second theme is that these are not spontaneous. These are highly strategic and highly planned out changes in in a career. And then the last big theme that I'll say is pivoting can be scary for all people. I think what I saw is that The people who can really bring themselves to do it and who have the most success doing it are the ones who are able to shift their mindset away from this fear-based point of view. So instead of asking themselves, well, what if this fails? What if this wildly fails? They find a way or they train themselves to instead think, well, what if this wildly succeeds? 
you said something actually in the first theme that really hits home with me. And it's something I've thought about many times, which is around this quote, if you don't prioritize your life, someone else will. And that concept of autopilot. And I know because I did it for so many years, you keep working through that goal of promotion and that goal of like that annual review. And it's really just you're so busy, air quote, busy, that whatever happens, happens, because that's all you have time for. And I really wanted to dig into a little bit, if you have any tips or tricks on how do we help as part of that reclaiming, that reprioritizing, and ensuring that you do not only define what you want, but make time for it. Being intentional in your career and getting out of autopilot is the best thing that anyone, and in particular women, can do for their career. I think acknowledging that and prioritizing that is the first step. Really making an expectation for yourself that you will be intentional in your career. You will not let your career happen to you. You will make your career happen yourself. I think stepping into that mindset is the first step to start kind of taking back and prioritizing yourself and your career path. I think an important reminder for women is that you are the best person to be making decisions about how to prioritize your life and your career. One woman I interviewed for my research said something so simple, but it has always stuck with me. She said, no one has to wake up and do my career every day, except for me. Of course, this was after she quit her job as a plastic surgeon and all her friends and family and everyone around her were thinking, are you crazy? But what she recognized is she knows herself best. She knows her career best. She knows her potential best. And if you have someone else calling the shots for you, they're not calling them as well as you can. So I think it's so, so important that women really focus on prioritizing their career and being in the driver's seat to make those decisions. But it is really hard to move away from this autopilot mindset. So I'm sure we can talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, autopilot is, it's kind of scary because you don't actually know you were doing it. Like the best example that is when you're driving and you find yourself at work as an example, but you were going to the supermarket. It's like, how did I get here? It happens, at least for me, and I'm hoping I'm not alone here, it happens all the time. So I I do think it is one of these things that we need to make more awareness of that it happens, and then we need to start making the corrections or micro steps to stop it from happening. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think so many people go into autopilot because it's easier. It is easier to go into autopilot mode and let your career happen to you for a lot of reasons. I think one is that it takes a lot of conviction and confidence to do it the other way, which is to say, I'm putting a stake in the ground. I want to be X and here's Y, and I think I can achieve it. If you just let your career happen and go into autopilot mode, you don't need to defend or justify the tough questions like, well, what makes you think you can achieve that? Or is that really what's best for you? I also think that we put unfair expectations on people when they're starting out their careers. We still generally have this view that a career is pretty fixed. So if you start out as a lawyer, you will be a lawyer. If you start out as a teacher, you will be a teacher. And that's a lot of pressure at a pretty young age in life to say, this is what I want to do for the rest of my career. But the reality is that Careers are super fluid and becoming more and more fluid. 
they're not fixed. They will evolve and they will shift and they will change whether you like it or not. When you have that mindset, there's actually not so much pressure. You don't have to have it all figured out. You just have to point yourself in one direction and get started. It's like expecting a 21-year-old to get married for life versus starting to date and learn about what they value in a partner and really who they are. I think we need to shift our expectations and shift this idea of a career path because when you think that it's so fixed and it's this one-time decision, it can be really paralyzing for people. And that leads them to sit back and say, well, I'm so overwhelmed. This is too much. This is too big of a decision for me to understand or to make. I can't do it. And so they move into autopilot and say, well, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'll let someone else take the wheel and drive for me. You talked in the beginning about being at the top of of your career, and it sounds like to a degree we can couple that with where we are now, this autopilot. I want to put those two concepts together, and what I'm hearing is doing what we should have been doing. Get a degree, get married, get a job at a big consulting company, get promoted, right? It's all those things of what society or parents or whoever, but air quote, should be doing. So the question I want to ask you is, if that's not success, then how can we, how could one, how are you defining a successful career? It's a great question. I think it's the most important question when you think about your career is what does a successful career look like for me? If you don't know what you're measuring and what you're pointing and aiming towards, then it's really, really hard to navigate. Historically, I will be honest, I think I defined success based on what I thought I should as you said, which were things like prestige and income. And so it led me on this path towards that hotshot consulting job, right, as an example. But today I define success really differently. I think that I asked myself a few questions when I think about my career moving forward. I ask, am I having impact? I ask, can I be my best self in the work that I'm doing? I do ask, is my work valued, which includes a component of income? I also ask, is my work meeting my needs for my life? The other part of what I do, hours and flexibility and all of that. I think for me, that's a much better framework for thinking about success rather than just saying, well, I'm going to try to make money at name brand organizations that I know other people will define as successful. Getting more specific and more personalized success metrics is what is going to make people more satisfied in their career. We talk a lot about benefits on on the show. And I guess the question that's coming to my mind is how do we know it's working? Whether it's through you and the hard work you've done and the pivot you've made or through the interviews, what are some of the indicators, the sign, the benefits that the pivot has been successful? I think there's two questions there. The one is, how do I measure my success and make a decision of, yes, I'm successful or no, I'm not. And then the second is, when you start to have that success, what are the benefits that come from it? I think they are two different things. When I think about success in my career now, I answer the four questions that I described, right? I think about impact and I do feel like I'm having a positive impact. And I see that from women who reach out to me, who engage with the interviews and stories I share or who I work with in one-on-one coaching. I see how much this topic matters to them and how much of a transformation they're able to have from engaging with the work in some way. The second thing is around, can I be my best self 
that for me really is around this idea of I'm not broken. I said that earlier, right? That I suddenly realized, wow, I'm so engaged with this work and I'm not broken. It's not like I just don't have the capacity to really be invested in what I'm doing. So I see that today. I'm definitely bringing more of my best self, a fully engaged self into the work that I'm doing. In terms of my work being valued, I do think about, am I being compensated through the income or through the opportunities that I want and expect? That's very personal for everyone, right? Kind of what is their tangible goal? But I do feel like I'm meeting that today. And then I think about how is work meeting the needs for my life? So I'm able to work half time in a great corporate role. I have the flexibility to work half time on my research writing and company. Both of those together still maintains enough flexibility for me to be a present mom in the life of my daughter. For me, that's how I measure and think about my career satisfaction right now. And I encourage other people and other women to really come up with those questions and those metrics and answer them, really answer them, right? And that kind of becomes your guidepost for, am I moving in the right direction? Am I working in the way that I want? What I find when the answer to those questions are yes, right, across the board, and you are satisfied and are successful, there are a few benefits that women who I interview consistently get. They probably fall into about three buckets. The first is that there's a lightness and just a joy that women experience, right? They move from this working sphere that really was not giving them satisfaction to finally feeling, gosh, I enjoy what I'm doing. And and there is a lightness and a joy that comes with that. The second bucket is this sense of feeling more settled. There is a feeling among women when they can answer yes to the questions of, am I succeeding? There's a feeling of, well, yes, this is where I want to be. Instead of that agitation that you feel when you know this is not where I'm supposed to be. I had that agitation personally for so long in my career that when you finally move away from that and get into this place where you want to be, there's so much benefit in terms of that feeling of I'm settled and I'm I'm here to stay for a while. That leads to the last category of benefit, which is that this can really supercharge your career and actually give you more potential and more traditional success in your career. So sometimes when we think about pivots, particularly in the context of women, we think about taking a step back, making a change to, you know, be home with family or to do something different. But a lot of times what women see is that when they lock into something that they're genuinely interested in, a career path where they genuinely want to be, two things happen. One, they're able to have a marathon mentality. They're able to think, yeah, I can be here for decades. And they're also bringing their best self to work. And when you pair those two things together, I think what's really cool is that I see a lot of women who actually their traditional success in terms of income or prestige or thought leadership or whatever, it really becomes this rocket ship for them to explode and get to even higher and bigger and better levels of success. I think those are kind of the benefits, this joy, this feeling of being settled and this recognition that, wow, I might be able to have even more potential than I realized. What's next for you? You've made this pivot. You've got this flexibility. You're doing these interviews. You've met so many amazing women. What's next for you? 
So first I'm developing a book. That's a major project. So I'm finalizing the publishing path, but stay tuned. And that book is of course focused on this topic of women who make the decision to make a big career shift mid-career and the challenges and also the benefits and rewards that they get from that. I'm also offering more coaching programs to women who are thinking about these questions and grappling with this phase of their career. These are usually high-performing, pretty successful women who believe that they have a next act or a next chapter and need some support in reimagining exactly what that looks like and how they get there. And of course, you know, I'm continuing to research and interview women. So uh, continue to share news stories every week. And I think that that is the impact that I'm hoping to have is just to start this big, broad dialogue around meaningful careers for women kind of help women to unlock this potential and capacity that they already had, which is to break free from this traditional narrative of what they should be doing in their careers and really come up with their own narrative around what a successful career looks like. Unfortunately, though, we are running out of time. So I am going to shift us. I'm going to pivot us <laughs> to um, <laughs> the close of the show. And, and the question we ask every guest is if you can recommend one book and one piece of advice, what would it be? I will cheat and I will recommend two books that I really like for women thinking about these topics. The first is called Designing Your Life by Bill Burnett and Dave Evans. This book is great because it covers this idea of intentionality and proactively designing your career in the context of your life and not letting it just happen to you. The second book that I love is We Should All Be Millionaires, written by Rachel Rogers. I think this has the very important message for women, which is around how to be unapologetic about the career goals that you have and what you will do to get there. I definitely think we should all be millionaires, so I'm going to have to get that book. <laughs> what a title. And then, of course, our last question, where can our listeners find you, learn more about the great work you're doing, potentially anyone who wants to raise their hand to be an interviewer, and any other way that they can connect to the work you're doing? I post daily career content on LinkedIn. You can follow me there by my name, Jess Gallica. You can sign up for a newsletter that I send out twice a month that includes new interviews with women, great articles to read, and some other tips and insights. And you can find that and sign up on my website, which is www.reclaimyourcareer.co. It has been an absolute pleasure. I love everything you're doing. I love the focus on that reclaiming and that intentionality. There is just so much richness to this conversation. It has been a true joy. And I wish you all the luck with your book. And when it's ready, you let me know because I can't wait to read it. Thank you, Jacqueline. Thanks for having me. Bye. Thank you all for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed listening to us as much as we enjoy participating in the conversation. Now your homework is to be sure to like, subscribe, and let us know what you thought about today's discussion. And of course, find us online, 52weeksofme.net with the number five and the number two, and at Instagram at 52weeksofme spelled out. Again, we love emails, so email us at 52weeksofme spelled out at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you all soon. Bye! Bye.